So welcome again. My name is Ralph Strauss. Welcome to the next podcast on marketing operations um, being supported by Brandmaker. Today, we do have the pleasure to have Stefan Giesecke with us. Stefan Giesecke is the head of marketing at TMD Friction. Stefan, first of all, nice to have you with us. Yeah, thank you very much. Nice to be here. Now, the point is what we're trying to understand a little bit more, TMD Friction. The core business of you guys is basically B2B business. You're a supplier of the automotive industry, if I get it correctly. Yes, we're a brake friction uh, manufacturer, which means the, the the core product is brake linings and brake pads for for brake systems. We produce about 1.2 million units a day, so the chance that you have been using our products is quite high. And uh, just imagine being on the on the road, uh, not having any brakes, um, how that feels. So, just to give you an idea about our company. Cool. And, and in how many countries and markets are you present as of today? Uh, worldwide, basically. There are, of course, some countries where we don't deliver, but um, most most of the globe is covered. Um, so I do think all the coming to marketing planning and marketing operations, you're having something centrally headquartered, as well as in, across all the markets, you also might have some colleagues sitting there and doing then the operational marketing part. Unfortunately, we don't have an office in every country, yeah. but uh, I have a team um, situated around the globe that is to take the centrally developed campaigns and uh, material in a, in a way so that it's adapted to, to the local requirements. Okay, and, and how do you do the marketing planning and steering with all the different markets, different colleagues across the globe. So you say you have one guideline, very strict, and I tell you what to do, and here are the campaigns, go out and execute it. Or how do you how do you build up the relationship between the local countries as well as you being centered in headquarter? I mean, of course, there, there have to be some guidelines, that's for sure. I mean, starting mm -hmm. with corporate design, then uh, I think that the best way to do it is with autonomy so that people can actually identify with their planning and they stand behind their plan that is of course um, discussed and approved centrally okay and so, so basically they have their own local plans you have something like on a global plan level and then all the parties then coming together and aligning on their plans or how do you manage it operationally yes there are local plans mm -hmm. that's for sure they use the material that is supplied centrally and and uh, then they adapt it to their markets and also they conduct their, their operational marketing where they are. And, and, and how do you manage this in, in over the years? And all the talking to France and other colleagues, what we've seen in, in, in a bunch of companies is that um, marketing planning is a pretty theoretical exercise. Once a year, everybody's doing their plans and their budgets and KPIs and all that stuff. And then um, everybody's aligning with each other, so global versus local and vice versa. But then the bad thing of the story is six to eight weeks or 10 weeks afterwards, the plans has already been changing and market conditions have been changing or something like that. So how do you align then the plans um, across the entire year? Is there some sort of permanent mechanism always to go in plans, reshuffle, have something earlier, later, skip something completely? How, how do you do that? Since it's not a, it's not a one-off process, but it's normally it's a continuous process over the year. How do you do that? I mean, uh, that a plan is not reality is normal. Um, this is why we name it plan and not <laughs> reality. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if something changes, we normally can see that. If the change is is uh, severe, then, of course, that can be discussed. 
Um, to be honest, I would like to to leave some freedom, uh, as said in the beginning, to provide some autonomy to the people in their region, also to change. Because I mean, yes, things change. Sometimes you think a very nice campaign that was thought out in in Germany um, is working in the Middle East, and you realize that it's not working, and or you need more time, or you have some regulation that is not working. Or you just simply don't have the manpower as if you had the whole team and as we have in Germany. So mm-hmm. um, and then you notice, okay, it's probably better to skip that, even though we had the idea to do that, better stop it before it's causing a problem. Mm-hmm. And then either say, okay, we can announce some savings or you find an alternative, which of course is the, the better solution. Okay. And um, how in this means that um, if I understand correctly, you're trying to be as agile as ever possible. And in the discussion we had earlier before, you said um, you had before you had some sort of spreadsheet hell. Yeah. And now you have one centralized platform. So at least from a corporate headquarter perspective, you can see all the changes which are occurring in the countries, which is good. But um, still, then do you still need some sort of annual marketing planning? Is that that, or um, is it more as, as terms of saying? We have a constant agile marketing planning, which we are changing over time. How do you do that? Yeah, Excel can be hell. That's true. <laughs> I would say uh, we, we had a system in Excel that was working quite, quite good. Um, so if you do that um, consciously, that also can work, even though I wouldn't recommend it, uh, recommend it anymore if you work with a lot of people. Um, so if you have a very, very small team, I think that can work. If you have a bigger team, um, probably not as much. So, uh, yes, we... I mean, everybody had their plan, like their activity plan in an Excel sheet. And uh, now we are using um, Brandmaker, a marketing planner. So everybody puts their plan in the planner, which gives me, of course, the opportunity or the possibility to to see what people are planning, how much uh, budget they are planning to spend on it, also when they're doing what, uh, which is nice, of course. This it's, it's also giving me the opportunity to be agile as well, or giving mm-hmm. the colleagues the possibility to be agile because they can just enter a change and uh, if i want to i can get a notification but that can also make you crazy of course mm-hmm. and kills the communication so then i expect them also to announce changes uh, that we discuss those and uh, yeah but then we have a common base because we can just look in the plan together it's the same base it's not different versions of a plan or so no it's the one and only platform we are sharing the information on um, how how difficult was it then to get everybody in the same boat? So in the majority of, of cases, um, we're looking into marketing resource management, it's always to that everybody understands the value of having one unified platform. So first of all, everybody's planning on Excel, on PowerPoint, on whatever. And now, how difficult was it at Team Defriction to get everybody adhering to the same standard, same platform, making everything pretty transparent? How difficult was it to, to get it realized in your organization? And on the one hand, you have the technical part to, to get everyone access. I have to admit that was very easy. As soon as um, the, the internal IT guidelines were, were ticked off and uh, IT was satisfied and we could install it, that wasn't a big problem, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, so people can reach Brandmaker very easy, maybe even easier than, than other platforms we use because it's mm-hmm. just online, uh, even from, from China or Russia, which sometimes causes problems. Yeah, But then I think what you are talking about is more like 
does everybody really want to adapt it? Yeah, yeah and exactly. is everybody keen on using it? Quite frankly, that's that's an ongoing process that will never change. Uh, firstly, because people change sometimes, or you have new people that that need to get on the on the platform and need to be convinced. But then in the end, it's really people realizing the benefits. Um, and I mean, people are wonderful; they're so different. And some people join, they have a look at it, they understand immediately, they like it. Of course, everybody's asking to have the system running faster, but I mean, there are limitations to that. Mm -hmm. And if it's only bandwidth, but then there are the other people that think, okay, my Excel sheet was so much nicer and I knew how, because we all understand Excel, <laughs> at least to some extent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very sure there are a lot of people um, that still secretly have their Excel file on their on their desktop. But quite frankly, I don't care. If they want to do that, then they yeah. should do that. Yeah. If they send me one, that, that is an email I would ignore because, yeah, for me, it doesn't exist. Yeah? So if that mm. helps, fine. Yeah, and then basically it's that, making people feel that there are benefits to it because, I mean, they have the, the invoices that come directly from the ERPs. Um, they are in there. So in the past, um, or in, in several companies actually saw it now, that people would take this down manually so I receive an invoice from finance, mm -hmm. I take it down in my sheet, I put it to that in that project, and you don't have a real linkage. So, I mean, there's there's not a single file where I wouldn't find an, uh, an error, I guess. Sometimes mm -hmm. these errors are small, uh, and sometimes the errors are big. And this is something you don't really have, you don't have this anymore, really, because, yeah, I mean, there are processes that protect you from it. Probably mm -hmm. if somebody's creative enough, they can still break it. But um, so far, I would say it's working what, quite quite well. What, what was the, the, the triggering part so that everybody's adhering to the same standards and platform? Yeah, Franz, myself, yesterday we had a discussion with a, a retailer and those guys came back and said their marketing resource management implementation failed because of all the markets, all the countries felt controlled. And, and they only implemented the workflow component. So every time you want to do something, you need to start a workflow which needed or required the central acceptance. Or, so it's more being set up as a controlling instrument. So how did you convince the market so that everybody says, yes, we're going to do all the planning into one tool? Was it more sort of the calendar, transparency, making processes easier to shift and twist and twinkle? Or what was the decisive argument to get everybody in your boat? Or was it just top-down, you have to? How did you do that? I mean, if it, completely without the top-down component, I think we would have failed. <laughs> so no. I think at some moments uh, you, you also have to say, okay, this is this is the system, this is what we want to use. Please <laughs> don't don't uh, don't make it crash, yeah? or or please don't yeah. be against it all the time. Uh, but I think I, I start to understand what you mean um, because. So far, though, the brand maker people tell me we did something a little bit different than others. In the beginning, I was told, uh, think about a structure for your planning. Mm -hmm. And what they meant is like uh, at the top, you have the company. Below that, you have uh, maybe a region. Below that, you have a campaign. Below that, you have uh, an element of the campaign. Below mm -hmm. that, you have an invoice and so on. But that this this, this structure needs to be um, decided and needs to be implemented. And mm -hmm. um, being a bit stubborn, I, of course, didn't understand what they meant. And uh, I, and also one point why I didn't understand was because I thought this is impossible because I can't put the same structure to every region. Mm -hmm. yeah, some regions can do their planning in three three levels. You know? They don't need 15 levels down because they have a campaign, a sub-campaign, sub-sub-sub-campaign and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some, they just have, I mean, a country where we don't have too too much business, where we're just building it up, it probably will be, hey, this is the budget I have for my customer, 
So I have my two, three, four, five customers and their budget, and below that they have the activities that they do with a with the customer. That is mm. not a lot of planning in a tradi- traditional way with analysis of the market, with KPIs and mm. uh, defining objectives. It's basically in the, in the beginning, support the customer as much as you can. So very, very simple planning. Then you go to a, an established market where it's much, much more complicated and so many more, more factors to, to take into account. Then you need... Of course, to to keep a bit of control, you need very many levels, and because there you have that campaign and that sub campaign and that activity of the campaign and the component mm-hmm. of that activity and an invoice for that component of the activity of the campaign of that region. We build it up very flexible, which comes at a price, of course. So sometimes it can it can look a little bit chaotic and it can take some time to to work your way through. But on the other hand, this made it possible for the people to accept it much more because they can build their own plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I still have my benefits. If I want to know how much do you spend for fares in region X, I can still put my filter in. Um, Brandmaker will filter it. Uh, Even if I want, I can make a nice chart or so on. And uh, yeah, I have the information I need or I need for my reporting. While they can still build up their planning in a way that they like it and that they would say, yeah, this is what I did. This is why I am supporting it. Huh? Yes, same thing as you said before, having the largest amount of autonomy in the market, so adhering to uh, market conditions on the one hand side, but having transparencies and globally, you know? so have, serving both sides, basically. Um, so the question, Stefan, is um, how did you educate all your colleagues to put objectives, KPIs before activities? Since in, in many, many, many companies, what we found out, marketing planning is always equals more or less activities. So you don't have objectives, you don't have KPIs, you don't have budgets. It's just a, a full Monty list of bunches and bunches of activities. So it, it goes back to the quality of planning. Yeah? Do you only have activities, 100 activities or more? Or are there all the objectives associated to those activities plus KPIs? So how have you been able to also enhance the quality of the marketing planning using one platform? Uh, So, I mean, education does not stop, really. Uh, So that that Mm. is just ongoing and things have to be repeated over and over and over. Uh, So that I think is... Unfortunately, is 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 normal when it comes to to the objectives. Um, the the way we do it is, I mean, if you you set up your plan and you argue why you want to do certain things, and that's normally how you can do those things you want, or because you like them. Otherwise, you wouldn't put them up. But if you can't argue why you want to do them, mm-hmm. then it's not going to be approved. Basically, but if you mm-hmm. have good reasoning, and of course there are certain um, objectives from a central point of view that we we provide or that we want to uh, the people to strive for, then um, they of course can um, define or, or or formulate some some local own um, objectives because they have different requirements, of course. But mm-hmm. uh, it's basically asking why a lot, and if you can't mm-hmm. answer the why, you're not provided with the means you need to fulfill your own personal objectives. And I mean, if you started marketing and you don't have a personal objective to communicate something, I mean, then you're wrong. Yeah, but yeah. That, that is something you find out then as well, very, very yeah. easily. Oh, okay, cool. So, but basically, have you given all the markets in some sort of KPI framework so that all the markets, for example, talking about elite, 
But France myself, we've been seeing a bunch of companies that sometimes elite is, defi is um, defined differently from market to market. So have you some sort of general overarching KPI framework? So if a market in Asia talking about elite or the Americas, you're all speaking basically the same language? Um, I don't think so. I mean, marketing comes with its own vocabulary, and depending on where you are, it's it's completely different. So uh, I think it's uh, Elon Musk has that one of the his six rules of productivity or, or ten rules. Or, sorry for uh, that. You use easy language. Yeah. So that's also one thing we try to avoid to do use too many abbreviations and so on. Mm -hmm. um, our company might not be the ordinary company from from its size. I mean, on the one hand, it looks very, very big. On the other hand, we don't have a huge amount of customers because mm -hmm. our customers are people that build cars. And, you know, yeah. there's only a handful of those. And then there are those people that are the, the major distributors in the aftermarket. Also, their, their number, of course, is bigger. But... Um, it's also quite feasible. Yeah? There are not too many in every region that are potential partners. So um, talking about a lead is something completely different than, for example, a 14-year-old dropshipper would, would have. Yeah? Yeah. And they probably would laugh about our KPIs because they can really track yeah, what goes in their funnel, uh, the percentage mm -hmm. that goes through the funnel, and then actually later on makes a sale. It's all automated through the way. That's something we can't do. If we go to Automechanica and somebody sees us and makes a contact, and then later on it becomes a major account, it's like, okay, how much of the half a million euros we spend on that, that fare do we now dedicate to that person yeah. that might have told his boss to give somebody in our place mm. a call um, mm. and especially with fares and at the moment we have still we have a lot of costs for fares nobody's going there mm. yeah, if they happen if it's not just cancellation and cost so um putting that in perspective is is really hard for for us i would say we don't have that kind of kpi as you might find in in other companies what what, what is it then in, in terms of marketing strategy what are the, the top kpis or objectives you're trying to do is it some sort of more upper funnel brand awareness brand recognition aided unaided or is it more like to say sales support what is it is, is the major objectives and, and KPIs you, you're looking into. If, if you go, or the other way around, if you go to the board, you ask me again for a couple of million euros, what is it you're putting on the table to say, guys, if you give me a couple of million euros, then you get X, Y, Z for that. Okay, <laughs> to, to the base, uh, probably the easiest thing is to, to, to say, like, hey, you guys, re you remember we did that and you we did that. You remember it. It was great, wasn't it? Huh? Come on, let's let's do it again. <laughs> so that normally is uh, normally is uh, when when you, you you want to use emotions, right? That is not different for anybody. But then very often, also one thing that helps is if you show that you are good with money. I mean, mm -hmm. if you have let's say you have two children, uh, one is spending his pocket money on candy and stupid comics where you know they will not have any value then you, ha you have the other one that is reading about etfs and uh, whatever yeah or putting it all into one mm -hmm. jar that is a, in a place where he or she always knows where it is they both ask for a raise in pocket money yeah? who who is more likely to get it yeah? <laughs> so um and i mean as stupid as that sounds um it's common sense yeah? if you know there's somebody i know it in my regions if if i know somebody is always troubling me with knowing what the budget is like I'm not that easy with 
providing more funds for, for an activity or probably ask a few questions more rather than in a, in a region where I know somebody is always super organized, knows what they're doing, reviewing for, the, for themselves whether they made a mistake or not. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's much, much easier for me because I know I can argue so much better why I did it. Mm -hmm. you know? So, and this is also where Brandmaker obviously helps. Uh, so that uh, for, with the finance people, we, we can ha now have a very good relationship because, um, yeah, they ask us something, we press a button and we can give them an answer. And that answer is not complete bogus as well. Yeah. In, in, in particular, normally finance people love marketing resource management overall because it gives transparency in the budgets and particularly when they would like to see, um, can we cut down budgets in terms of managing our profit and loss statement? So you have an easy overview to say which sort of activities are behind the budget, and then you can start shifting and twisting and twinkling um, with finance. So how has your relationships and with finance um, developed over time with using marketing resource management? Is there a completely change there, shift there, has it become better, or how do you work with the finance colleagues? I'm very, very lucky with, with our finance colleagues, uh, some very nice people, not not so cliche as you might sometimes think. Uh, so that, of course, helps. But um, then, of course, I said it in one of the, the other videos that um, we didn't start in marketing because we are accountants. So normally, uh, or from my experience, at least the, the relationship between finance and, and marketing is not always uh, starting with, with a lot of trust. Yeah? That that can be difficult, but I would say the the situation I'm in at the moment is quite comfortable because we listen to each other. If I find something that is strange, because hey, in finance that's also humans that work there, so also there sometimes a mistake can happen, and we are now in the lucky position that we sometimes also find mistakes by uh, or that are made in in finance, where we can then as colleagues come together and say like hey, something doesn't work out. Can can you support or is it possible that maybe two or three numbers have been mixed up? And on the other way around, they also don't go like come on marketing, you again screwed up. No, it's more like hey marketing, can you please answer that question or can you help us with that? And um, we also yeah then trust each other a little bit more because we see we all want to do it good and we all want to do it, to do it correct. Oh, Stefan, I guess you, what you have is in terms of marketing planning steering also a very good and proper case since um, I do think all B2B companies are pretty very much the same direction as you do and sometimes they are still stuck with PowerPoint and Excel enchilada um, where they get lost somewhere consolidating excellent planning Excel across 20 different markets or so. So and, and also working together with finance it's, it, it helps, supports all the corporation to say there's complete transparency what we do, how we spend the money, what for, which finance people normally do love. Um, a last statement before we close up is, um, if you look in the future, now you've been able to implement the marketing operations platform, which is good. So if you would have the same talk probably two or three years from now, what should be the major pillars you're trying to address over the next coming years? What is it where you say, well, we have to look into that? Um, probably. I mean, performance is always one thing. Some projects running now. I mean, this is the, the one thing, as mentioned before, people know Excel. They type in a value, they yeah. click and they can go to the next cell with uh, an online based platform that is not the same case. So usability is definitely a thing. And mm -hmm. then for me personally, um, the linkage between the ERPs. That is that is one thing because I mean you can of course have a hot link to for example SAP. Um, the problem with our company is that we have um, a setup with different ERPs depending on the region, um, which does not make it easier. 
and that would also probably be very very costly mm. um, to implement and which would destroy a lot of the flexibility we are enjoying at the moment uh, so let's mm. say i want to add another cost center is then probably taking me half a year or so which i can mm. now do in 20 minutes and um, but of course it still requires somebody to basically manually import the the data um, or import not uh, not not entering yeah. it yeah uh, somebody still has to do that which is quite easy to do it's something i would say a computer could do and would be great mm. if a computer could take over yeah mm. so a higher degree of automation basically and particularly the integration between them the marketing resource management platform and erp or the erps across the globe yeah? cool. uh, absolutely no thanks stefan first of all thanks for your perspective on marketing planning and seeing within TMD friction. And as I said before, I do think that they're a pretty good showcase also where other B2B companies are, are stuck and are trying in the best way to get transparency and to do the marketing planning and steering across the globe. Thanks, Stefan. Thanks for the insights. Thanks for your perspective from TMD friction and hope to see you uh, soon again. Also, probably in one of the next podcasts, probably in two years. In two years, you're going to tell us something about how your entire organizational setup and marketing operations has been changing in the meantime. Thanks a lot. Thanks for today. Yeah, thank you.